Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Happer and Shaper. He says I take no joy in life. I can see that. Coming at you live from Copple Chevrolet GMC Studios in the heart of Lincoln, America. Why? Why are you yelling at me? Whatever. Make me a bicycle clown. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Connor Happer. You might want to look away for this. Mike Schaefer. My boy's awake and smart. This is Happer and Schaefer. Welcome back in. Hour number two of Happer and Schaefer here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Connor Happer, Mike Schaefer with you this morning. Sam McEwen's going to join us here in about 10 minutes. We'll get caught up on Husker football with him. Michael Brunts will join in the 10 o'clock hour as he does. And we are back. Schaefer and I, it's a normal, normal Wednesday. Trev Alberts went on um, his radio show last night on the Huskers radio network. And um, first of all, I was saying this earlier, Schaefer, love the calls. Love the calls to the Trev Alberts radio hour. There was one, I don't know if you listened to it, there was, I assume About you didn't. About the uh, color coordination of the jerseys? Yes, and that was that was our good friend Jason who calls into our show sometimes. And I, I thought Trev had a, had a good, a, a, or at least a an answer that we'll talk about here. Um, but there was one about, um, there was one about band day. They, there was a guy who wanted to bring back this thing called band day which is when all the people, all the local high school marching bands gathered at Memorial Stadium and they all went to the game to the get together and then they got to march on the field at halftime. And I was like, well, that's a thing that's probably a little bit outdated. Um, you know. Can I just say I am 100% opposed to that idea? Yes, you can. Okay. Trev Alberts said. Do they all want to come to Memorial Stadium on a non-game day in March? Great. Trev Albert said... I don't even know, and I'm going to make people angry here. I don't even know if I care if Nebraska's banned March. Oh, you're anti-banned. You're just anti-banned yeah, in general. Pretty much. Uh-oh. So, let me have it. I don't care. Wow. I, I was going to ask you if you hated the kids, but now I... Yeah, now I don't I hate to. the kids. Kids are great. I don't have to. You just hate the band. I, just, I would love if Nebraska had a band that played a song from sometime in the last 50 years... Uh, but instead, it's what uh, 1935, John Philip Sousa and George Gershwin, and you know, if we could get something a little more current, they at should play. Some point, they should play Industry Baby. Well, they do. Seven Nation Army by White Stripes. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I meant uh, which is a kind of newer. I meant with their whole. They don't march to it. Yeah. yeah, they don't. March um, would you enjoy it if they played Olivia Rodrigo? No. Do some they do some different stuff at halftime. They'll do some contemporary stuff. I, rarely. Yeah, rarely. But a lot of Mr. Touchdown USA. A lot of it. <laughs> um I I don't want to extend this. I think I like that the band is there. Yeah. And I I am generally more in favor of the 
voluntary condensed pep band with basketball yes uh than i am with the more regimented marching band i am pro drum set for basketball i i'm not out entirely with it but i just would prefer music that you know i think they did some olivia rodrigo at some point well i wouldn't that's why he didn't like it right you were like no when i heard olivia rodrigo it was voted for and uh it was um, it was worse than Owl City. You have terrible music taste. <laughs> it was worse than Owl. That's like the 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 yeah. meter, it's which like was Owl terrible. City. Like the Firefly. Yeah, it was bad. Okay, I disagree on both accounts. Yeah, hard disagree. I disagree on both accounts. I'm willing to be wrong. I don't care. Um, so yeah, there was a guy who called in about Band Day, which I thought was pretty funny, and was something that they did in the 1930s to like attract more people to the games and have it be the kind of vehicle to paying attention about football. In the 1930s. Yes, yes, that's what that was part of his call. He was like, yeah, they did this in the 30s. They needed to bring this back, and I was like, whoa. What's happening? Here, I thought I was out there because I like come a running, boys. (laughs) Come a running, boys. The noise. (laughs) I don't know. I'm coming around to it. To be honest with you, I like the fact that they play it every game. Anyway, uh, then then there was a call about the uniforms, and and Trev had a speaking of old school. Trev had a very kind of old school type of answer. Um, Now I don't know. Because I listened to it, and I don't know that he was specifically talking about, hey, everybody needs to wear this. Like, there can't be any alternate uniforms, and everybody needs to wear the same colors as far as that's concerned. But I think he was talking about it on a little bit more of a of a broader scale. Like, maybe he's talking closer to logos. Um, because there's, th- over the years... Like Nebraska basketball has used a little bit more of the the script, and they, I know they put the that kind of H, the the script H on their logos occasionally. Baseball's done some different things. Football's done some different things, and he's right. They all do look a little bit different. Right. Um. So I get what he's saying on that part. I don't think that means that alternate jerseys of any sort of are, are going away. No. Um, they just want to centralize it and streamline it. And I think from conversations I've had with people that would know. Some of that kind of stems with how Adidas yeah. really protects the Nebraska football side of the Iron N and all of that. And so then Is that what the iron is that the block end or is that the skinny uh, that's end? the skinnier. The skinny end. end. So yeah. the one on the helmet. Right. Yeah. And so that sort of like really becomes protected and football is sort of different than all the other sports. And they're kind of left at their own leisure. To football is a little more constricted, and then the other sports get to be a little bit more uh, open with what they do. Sure. And since there isn't like an overarching kind of theme on it, they get to go their own way. Yeah, and they've they've done a lot of different yeah. stuff over Which the last. I guess years. I don't particularly mind, um, because it has created what I think to be some pretty good, especially with basketball. I mean, I, I don't know how people that, you know, go out and actually buy this stuff because I don't. But just from watching the the officially licensed merchandise, I feel like you get a lot better options with basketball than you do with football. I agree. Um, I, I so think if, if they were to streamline it. What I don't want from Alberts is that this means everybody be football. everyone gets pushed into the sort of pretty boring I totally agree. track of football. I agree. So I I hope that that's not where this is going. I actually hope that it loosens kind of their 
I don't even know if this is a word, rigidity of, of where they keep football at. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think... They're very protective of the football brand. Which I don't... It doesn't need to be that way. I, I mean... I get it to an extent. Um, it's not like you're gonna you're, you're slapping a new logo on the helmet. Like, it's always going to be that N on the side but, of the helmet. But think about all the different, like, old school Herbie hats that have shown up. You really haven't had that show up for football. No, not at all. They want... They don't want that. No. Like, Adidas doesn't want that. No, the coaches had the polos, and it was only the football coaches yeah. had the polos with the iron N on it. Um, and then the other the other coaches have their quarter zips or polos with the script Huskers or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, hey, those those are kind of cool. Football doesn't do anything like that. Well, and what football is sometimes and that's not like gets, a Scott Frost thing. That's like a Nebraska. No, it, thing. this yeah. has really this is well beyond Scott Frost. This yeah. has been uh, I don't even know who the person is that runs it over there. But um, what football will get, and I don't know if you remember if you were covering press conferences. Jordan Westerkamp was big on this. Like they would just get random packages of stuff that was never mass produced and tend to sell. Yeah. That like he would just be up at press conferences wearing this stuff you couldn't find anywhere. Right. And because I remember talking with an Adidas rep and basically being like, I have people in my life that want to buy this sweatshirt. How can they? One hundred percent. They can't. He's like they made like eight of them. He happened to wear one. To the a press stuff conference. that they sell at the stores, whether it's the actual official Husker stores or the you know best of Big Red or whatever it might be, um, Husker Hounds, like the stuff that they sell at those stores are are usually different than the team issued yep. stuff. And the team issued stuff is really really cool, right. and that's what people want to wear. I was talking to a guy at a Husker Hounds once, and um, you know I, I went into one of their shops and and they actually had a picture above this set of polos of scott frost wearing the polo mm -hmm. and i was like what what you know I, I guess i i guess i get it but why and he's like well anytime he wears or anybody goes up to that press conference and wears something people immediately want to come in and buy it yep. and sometimes they can't find it but if we have it then, then you want to you want to advertise if we it, have yeah. it then it goes no that makes a ton of sense you, like i just <laughs> remember the the fervor when those hats started coming out of uh, of basketball and like that just became like people were hunting all over. Yep, those hats, those gray hats, yeah. And then I don't know if you noticed this, but the golf team they had them made up specifically for the golf team, and so then that became like this quest for people to figure out how they were gonna the Herbie the Herbie golfing. Yep, yeah. And if you ever see those, usually it's either a golf team member. or somebody uh, eventually they did they, they did a very very small batch of like the herbie baseball her yep. you know they i don't remember that. herbie baseball uh, they did he have a glove or a bat he had a bat he had a bat i believe schaefer has coughing attack number one of the day pretty but, good uh, made yeah. it about 40 minutes in. not bad and it wasn't much of an attack either you're yeah. back you're ready to roll they come in waves uh sam McEwen is going to join us here momentarily but yeah i, I thought that was relatively relatively interesting, and I'm mostly always taken back by the the calls that they that he gets on that on that show, which are pretty funny. Um, I I don't know that there was a whole lot of ground covered, especially as far as serious stuff is concerned. Yeah. With the coaches, I mean, with the assistant coaches that Nebraska doesn't have right now, I don't know that he's terribly involved in that, which is a good thing. I, it sounds like he's basically involved in so much as like he gets updates as to where things are at. Yeah. But it's not like he's the one that and ultimately the ultimate gets. Yes or you know, no you on. have to go through him to get clearance right. on on if you're going to hire a guy or offer a guy or something I, like that. But yeah, I think by the end of the week we're going to have 
pretty much everything in line. There might be one or two things at the end, but yeah. Um, what I'm curious about, and, and this is what I want to ask Sam about. Well, I, I'm curious. So over the first three years, they've you know, first four years, they've had it a very specific way just as far as how they use the 10 assistants, right? Mm-hmm. Offensive coordinator slash wide receivers coach, no special teams coordinator, linebacker, inside linebackers, outside linebackers, right? You can you could do different things with how you delegate responsibilities. So I'll be curious to see how they kind of reshuffle that if they reshuffle at all. If they don't, I think that'd be kind of disappointing because then you don't want to you don't want to put different guys in the same type of roles and have them do the same responsibilities. The whole point of doing this in the first yeah. place is reshuffling the deck well, as far as the organizational prospects are concerned. Yeah, the whole point of doing this is to free Scott Frost up to do other things. Right. But I'm very skeptical that that's going to be the end result. Right. So we'll see. Um, we, we could get a hint on that when we when we see the hires. All right, Sam McEwen of the Omaha World-Herald joins us now on the Honda of Lincoln Hotline. Hey, Sam, good morning. Good morning. Hey, guess what? What? The Nebraska-Iowa game on Friday was the most watched football game in BTN history. Whoa. Huh. I wonder what what, what are – do you know what the other uh, contenders for that title are? Um, Does it, Like, is there a list? was held by Michigan versus Colorado. Huh. Okay. 2016. This is the it was the most watched game in Big Ten Network history. Interesting. 1.94 million viewers is a lot, by the way. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's pretty good for like a normal network. Yeah. Was that just a bunch of people paying in to to see if uh, the scenario that Nebraska could set up some other Big Ten winner? Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Mm. Yeah, you had basically the uh, whole West watching. It's possible. The the volleyball game that went right after that was the most watched volleyball match in network history, Nebraska and Wisconsin. Huh. People sticking around. The BTN. You think, do you think that Nebraska might be a media draw in the Big Ten? I think they might be a media draw in the Big Ten. Yeah, something's telling me that that, that, uh, that may be the case. Yeah. Just imagine if they win games. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. People, people have been drawn to Nebraska for all year. I mean, their, their ratings have been good for a lot of games, but that's the value of playing on Black Friday. Oh yeah, you know, like that's that's why you do it. Um, I would love if that game were, you know, on an over-the-air network, but that's a pretty that's a pretty amazing thing, you know, when you when you get right down to it. That's pretty impressive. And, and no, that's not about Iowa. No offense to Iowa. They're a much better football team than Nebraska. Good for them. But that's not about Iowa. It would be great. It, it would be great if they could put that on a consistent network. Just whatever it is. Because over over its first you know 10 or so years here, it's been on ESPN Family Networks, and then they change it over, obviously, with the rights deal, and it's been on FS1. I think it's been on Big Fox, and it's been on BTN. It would be nice if they had some consistency there. Maybe that would help, too. It would. I think BTN. So BTN makes a, a pretty fierce effort to get that game. They want it. 
Um, so they have a priority or a pecking order that they can kind of go out and grab a couple games every year, and that they, they have a tendency of trying to go after that game on Black Friday because they know that it will be a relatively captive audience. Um, so that's part of why they do what they do. Right. And it works for them, you know. But I would still love to see the game on ABC or Fox every year. Yeah, it's it's relatively standalone on that Friday, and um, you know, at least for that time slot, that's the only game that people want to watch. Go ahead, Chief. Uh, Sam, last week I think I asked if you thought that there would be some staff announcements by this time on Wednesday. We've gotten here; there are not. However, do you think that this is close to coming to an end, based on what Trev Alberts kind of said and and what you've been hearing? Um, I'm sure across your research. Yeah, I think maybe later this evening or early tomorrow on Joseph, um, knowing kind of what what's going to happen there, because I think everybody saw the photo that he recruited for LSU last night. So, you know, he was out on the trail for LSU. So I think that's, that's the decision that will be made, I think, relatively soon. Um you know, I mean, I, I, the, the thing here is Nebraska has a tendency to, uh, I don't know what the right wording is. They, they like to kind of do this in a big group. And so, like, in the past, they've kind of announced them all at once. Or, like, they do this thing with the transfer portal where they, like, announce, like, a couple of last whatever. They announce, like, five guys all at once, even though some of the other guys had kind of were ready to go into the portal weeks before they went. So they have a tendency to do that. Sometimes, um, you know, so we'll, we'll see if, if they're going to announce anything. I, I, I think you're going to see it accelerate today, tomorrow, next day, next day after that. Um, I kind of thought it was going to take at least a couple of days into this week. Um, part of it is they're trying to play out, I think, maybe some surprising, you know, openings, people who might or might not take jobs. Um, they probably have a cute, a uh, couple home run swings out there as it relates to, um, oh, what's the right word? Coordinator hires, things like that. So, you know, I, I, I think, I think they had to be diligent and measured and smart about it. I think there was a sense that it had to happen really fast because of recruiting and transfer portal. I, I just, I, I think the transfer portal is, you know, the decisions that are going to be made by kids there, that, that, that's not going to be defined or, or filled out by next weekend. Like the portal takes it some time. And so I know they got, you know, ter- they kind of set up Teray in December and then they got him in January. But I mean, again, I, I just feel like these take a little bit of time. And so I think they had this week to kind of vet and, and to figure out what they want to do and how they want to put it together. And then maybe announce something late this week, maybe next week. You know, we'll we'll see, but I think it's going to come together uh, later this week, maybe today, later this week. We'll see. Yeah. Sam, how do you think it'll look? I, I was curious about this. How do you think it'll look organizationally? And I, I was talking about a little bit before you came on, just how they've kind of had it the last four years with the setup and, and the roles of the the assistants that they had. Do you think they'll take this opportunity to to reshuffle at least in terms of the responsibilities that the new guys are going to to have? They have an opportunity to do so. Um, certainly they have to, you know, figure out um, what they want to do with special teams and whether they want that to be a standalone role. Uh, they have obviously 10 assistant coaching spots, so in theory you should be able to do that 
opposite side of the head coach's strength is defense. They have five there. They could have four on offense. Um, you know, simultaneously, there's other things they can do too. It kind of depends on what direction you want to go in. If you want to bring in a, a guy that has offensive experience as your special teams coordinator, you probably look at a Ricky Brumfield. You know, he's on that side of the ball. Um, you know, and, and, and even if he's a special teams coordinator, a person like that, you know, they can obviously sit in the offensive meetings and have a thought or two. So you could do those kind of things. I think the question becomes so for me, the biggest question is this. It's probably facing Frost in Nebraska at this point, and it is a decision that, that's philosophical. Do you want to continue to go down the path of uh, quarterback run heavy, sort of option style offense that people in this state love and is a little bit of a curveball relative to the rest of the Big Ten? Do you want to go down that road, or do you want to go down the road of let's see what it looks like when the quarterback is a distributor? And it's mostly a drop, you know, a pocket passer type, the way that Minnesota and Wisconsin and Iowa and even Ohio State, yeah, and even Michigan. I mean, Michigan. I mean, K. McNamara runs it a little bit, and then they bring the other guy in, and he runs it a little bit. But they're a, Michigan is primarily a pro style, you know, spread uh, that relies on running backs and tight ends and receivers to make plays. And so, Nebraska would be almost an outlier. In the league, uh, their usage rate of quarterbacks is higher than any team in the Big Ten. Rutgers is the only team that was close, and Rutgers had no offense to write home about. And so Nebraska has to kind of decide, do you want to continue to go down that path and be the outlier, or do you want to join the Joneses? And then I think that informs to some degree who you hire and how you figure out the roles. Like if you want to move toward a group of five uh, Coastal Carolina-style offense, then you probably need somebody who's going to be coaching the quarterbacks because uh, they need to they need to teach them how to read and, and, and run. You know those kind of offenses a little better than than what Nebraska was doing with Martinez. Um, or if you want to go to a sort of a drop back pass thing, you can do something a little bit different. So to me, that's one of the biggest questions in front of Frost, and it's one he's going to have to answer immediately because you don't hire. You know, group of five guys. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but you don't hire them and then come and tell them, "Hey, we're gonna run, uh, we're gonna run Michigan State's offense." Right. So yeah, like you're not gonna do that. So, you know, I think that's probably the biggest question in front of Frost is what does he want to do with that offense? What does he feel like is going to be the most successful thing for the program going forward? The the running back coach position almost feels like it's going to be Ron Brown's by default at this point. I don't I don't know if you've you've spoken to Emmett Johnson at all or if Evan has uh for you guys at the World Herald. But it, it basically feels like that's where it's gonna go. Ron Brown hasn't coached since twenty seventeen. Ron Brown never has been a particularly um fruitful recruiter, or at least in terms of when I've covered him I, I get that there's a lot of respect for what he does, but aside from just his ties to Nebraska, what what do you feel like Ron Brown can bring in, in 2022 if he is indeed Nebraska's running backs coach? Okay, so I think that's a great question. Um, one thing I think Ron does bring to the table is he, he, is, a, he is a developer. Uh, I would describe Ron as somebody who uses a lot of innovative and intense drills to develop his players. 
And so when we were able to watch practice back in the day at times, which we were, you know, with Bo or whatever, Ron's pretty innovative. Like he's, he's a pretty, you know, he does some good stuff in the way that he teaches guys how to use their hands. He's, he's pretty aggressive in his ball, ball security grills. Those weren't always perfect, right? Amir Abdullah had some issues fumbling. Um, there's a certain intensity and energy to the, his operation, like what he wants to get done and the way that he attacks the day. And I think so. I think guys go into practice knowing that they have to be ready because he's going to be ready. Like you, you don't go into practice and, you know, like you're cooling out and, and you, you have to go maybe over the course of 15 minutes, rise up to the coach's level level of energy. Ron, Ron brings it so quickly that you almost have to be right there and match it. Um, I do think that he is a mentor to, to some of the, the players. I think he can provide that aspect. Um, as a recruiter, you know, um, yeah. He, uh, let me say this. Like, we wrote a big, long story on Amir Abdullah years ago. This is like when Amir was a freshman or a sophomore. And it was a long time ago. And one of the one of the, 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 the things about that story is this is right when the, the, the tornadoes hit in Birmingham and Tuscaloosa. And, you know, and Ron went down there and, and, and he was hiding in a tub because the tornadoes were running through everywhere. And, you know, there was something about the way that Ron recruited Amir that, that did help. Even though Tim Beck is a person that kind of did, you know, the bulk of the recruiting and, you know, and Tim was a good recruiter. Um, there was still a relationship that Ron was able to establish with Amir um, at, you know, they had different faves, lots of different things there. Um, but they, they, they established a relationship as a coach and a player that I thought was extremely fruitful. Like, um, you know, Amir was a naturally good player, but, but, but that was Ron Brown's guy. Like he developed him and made him the player he was. And that wasn't a, well, he took over with one year left. Um, no, I mean, he was there for all four years, uh, that, that, that Abdullah was there. Uh, you know, Rex Burkhead was not recruited by Ron Brown. I think they, they, they also forged a good bond though. Um, so, you know, I think there's, there's various ways of looking at that. Um, I think if you hire a special teams coordinator and you're looking at the guys that they're looking at, you might be able to get some back in recruiting there. Uh, or if you're if you're getting a Joseph, well, you're getting one of the better recruiters, you know, that you'd have on your staff. Um, you know, that's a highly motivated, highly personable guy who can 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 convince a lot of kids. Uh, so, I think there's some options there to to fill out the recruiting profile and portfolio. I, I'm not trying to say recruiting isn't important because I think it's enormously important once you start talking about going from 8 to 11 wins or 9 to 12 wins or all those things. Nebraska needs to develop their players better. I mean, I I really do think they need to become a better developmental operation. Uh, I don't really question the talent of the running backs with like Sevion Morrison and Marvin Scott. They had talent. Uh, Things just didn't develop the right way. And so I think you have to look at uh, development, and you may lose a little bit in recruiting, but you may gain a little bit in, you know, old school knows how to make a player better and and that's where i think you might gain something with ron all right sam uh we'll let you go always appreciate the time and uh we'll talk to you later
All right. Take care, guys. That's Sam McEwen of the Omaha World Herald. Really good stuff there. Let's let's come back and finish up that thought a little bit on the running back room and, and what's kind of next there. Next on Happer and Schaefer. Follow Connor and Mike on Twitter at Connor Happer at Mike J. Schaefer. You're listening to Happer and Schaefer. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.